Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. On the eve of the Stanley Cup final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche, the biggest story of the day belongs to the Vegas Golden Knights who have filled the coaching vacancy. Bruce Cassidy comes over from the Boston Bruins and takes over as the third coach in franchise history. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, uh, Chris Chapman uh, dissecting the news that came down uh, late this afternoon as uh, Bruce Cassidy comes into the fold as a player that uh, flew to Shinzawa, who joined us in hour number one from the uh, Athletic, who covers the Boston Bruins, uh, told us that you've got uh, a guy that coaches very hard, uh, wants to win, and uh, has coached some uh, high-profile players and never missed the playoffs in his six years with the Boston Bruins. Uh, safe to say, uh, when you look at the hierarchy of the coaches that are available right now, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, can make a case that they got the best guy available. Yeah, I, I think that you you look at it from that perspective and what Bruce has been able to do with the Boston Bruins over the last six seasons. Uh, it's it's a team that you know exactly what you're going to get. And you know the the comment in the press release from Kelly McCrimmon about a clear identity with the Bruins, they had it. You talk about the the goals for the goals against how good the metrics were for Boston year after year after year under Bruce Cassidy, uh, that checks all the boxes too. And, you know, for me, special teams is going to be a big one. We've we've harped on the Golden Knights. We've harped on the power play. We've harped on the penalty kill over the last couple of seasons. If you're able to get that moving in the right direction, trending uh, upwards on both fronts, then you've got a team that I think has all the tools available to them to bounce back next season and do some damage in the NHL. A fourth longest tenured coach at the time of uh, parting ways with the Boston Bruins as well. Yeah, I I think there's the case to be made for longevity because of winning. Like it's interesting and eye-opening, right, to hear Fluto talk about, you know, some of the relationships, the interpersonal stuff uh, between coaches and players when it comes to Bruce Cassidy, but you know, I think the fact that the Golden Knights roster is veteran heavy and that there's something to prove. I don't think that buy-in is necessarily going to be any type of issue for the Golden Knights. I think that you've got two factions, as I mentioned before, that have a lot to prove next season. And I would expect that even if the the message isn't um, player-friendly or it's not, it's not a player's coach bringing the message to the table, I still think that Bruce Cassidy is going to be able to get the best out of this team and winning is going to be the main common denominator that everyone's after. Yeah, he coaches players hard uh, and admits yeah. that uh, in Bruce Cassidy uh, in his time with the with the Boston Bruins. But when it comes to next year, it might be the perfect timing for that uh, that type of message because everybody will be on board 
looking to bounce back from the first season, which they didn't make the the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, coming off the uh, the tough time with injury uh, during this uh, past campaign and trying to make amends for that. So uh, it's it's the it's the perfect fit in a lot of cases to have somebody that uh, that is going to push and and pull you along maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that sometimes you, you need to be nudged in the right direction. Sometimes you need to be pushed a little bit harder to get a little bit more out of a situation or your skill set or a, a little bit more out of what you need to, to take the next step. Like, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have a little bit of extra juice behind a message. And to me... With this Golden Knights team, like you look at windows, you look at teams that are expected to do something, expected to win in a time frame. And while I still think the Golden Knights window is open and it's going to be open for a couple of years, you start to think about missed opportunities. You start to think about all the times you had teams that were of, that were capable of going on a run and didn't. And you want to try to maximize it. Right now, the Golden Knights roster as is at the maximize what you have state. And sometimes you need a, a stern voice to push you a little bit harder to get a little bit more out of you. Do you think the Boston Bruins overachieved this year? Um, you know, that's an interesting question because I still think Boston is a a good team. I thought they were a good team coming into it. I thought their regression year was going to be 2020-21, not 2021-22. It it didn't really happen either way. Yeah, they finished fourth in their division, so I guess you can claim it. But a top-heavy division. In the the wrong direction, but it was still 107 points and 51 wins. Like, I don't don't view that as regression at all. I, I do think that they overachieved because... You had Patrice Bergeron another year older. You had Brad Marchand another year older. You got a little bit of depth coming back into the organization. You were dealing with you know, Jake DeBrusque and, and trade rumors all season long. You were trying an experiment with Tuka Rast to see if he would be able to play. You essentially did it all year with two goaltenders that you, you didn't really know exactly what you were going to get. I mean, I look at it and I say, yeah, they absolutely um you know, did did better than they overachieved this year because yeah. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to fall off a cliff this year, but I, I didn't think that they were going to be able to push Carolina to, to seven games. I just didn't really think that that was going to be a thing that happened. I, I think Bruce Cassidy got every ounce out of mm-hmm. this team. Yeah. Uh, and then getting to the... Uh, roster adjustment and, and shaking up the, the top line, uh, going through distraction of uh, the goaltending and having a completely new uh, goaltending tandem coming in and uh, with uh, Tuka Rask, uh, uh, was he going to play and was he not going to play? Uh, I, navigating the Chara departure a couple of years ago and wondering about Patrice Bergeron, who is an unrestricted free agent uh, right now. There, there is a lot going on around this team. And you could say, I mentioned top-heavy division. I think it's a top-heavy team, too, uh, with the big line, a couple of defensemen. Uh, and and uh, depth would be questioned uh, and not necessarily the strong point of the Boston Bruins. But uh Bruce Cassidy managed to get them over the 100-point barrier. That's that's extremely impressive. Yeah, and you know, your points well taken in in terms of 
depth with Boston maybe not being the strong suit. Like you, you've got your your usual suspects in Marshan, Pasternak, Bergeron, and Hall kind of leading the way. But beyond that, I, you know, it's it's a ten to fifteen, even twenty point gap between the next wave of players and, and those top those top performers. So you know, the fact that that Bruce Cassidy was able to ring out the the goals that he was, the fact that he was able to get that team playing buttoned up defensively so that they didn't have to score a ton to win hockey games, that's impressive. And again, yeah, you know, listen, I think the the ability to get the most out of Jake DeBrusque just in general, right, was a, a big notch for Bruce Cassidy, even, even if that was ultimately one of the the relationships that that kind of push things one way or another like I think that you know you look at Jake DeBrusque scoring 25 goals in a season where he you know wanted out multiple times uh, the coach found a, a spot and found a position and found a way to challenge Jake to perform even as all that was going on no, didn't bury him right no no, and it could have been. It would have been easy, right? Like yeah. it, it would have been easy to kind of just make that be a statement. But Bruce understood the best opportunity for this team to improve is to break up a line that has been phenomenal for us and try to get the most out of more players than just your top three. Interesting. Uh, Fluter Shinzawa, who joined us in hour number one, uh, was asked about uh, the marriage between Vegas and Bruce Cassidy and was Vegas the obvious choice and uh, and he brought up a couple of other teams I'm of the belief that this if you want to win like this this is the the best team to win with right now it, it with uh, a veteran team uh, a team that has that goal of winning the Stanley Cup uh, each and, and every year with a legitimate basing for that it's not just hopeful uh it's almost the perfect scenario for both sides if if you're going to be interviewing the team along with the team interviewing you this is the place you wanted to be yeah i again i I look at the the roster right now for the golden knights and and you start to think about what you can do with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, and all of a sudden you you start to get a little excited at, at what you might be able to see on the ice and which players are really going to you know take a, a big leap or a big step under Bruce Cassidy. But to me, the the idea that Jack Eichel might be the guy with the most to gain because of the standard he's going to have to hit day in and day out as a pro, as a leader for this team, um, that's an interesting perspective I, I hadn't really thought of because you 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 know Jack just got his feet wet last year. I think benefit of a full off season coming into a situation that's now familiar with his new team in the Golden Knights. I just expected Jack would be better, but if you can add more and more layers to his game and responsibility defensively, he could turn into an absolute beast of a player. So, do you think it's psychological or uh is it individual where bruce cassidy uh will make like just uh, we're only hours into this thing uh so we're still digesting it uh, ourselves but where do you think initially the biggest strides will be made um it's an interesting one like i i gravitate toward you know the idea of alex petrangelo and shay theodore joining 
in on the rush, not necessarily being part of a second wave, but the idea of the Golden Knights turning pucks over and then attacking as a five-man unit. I start thinking about Shea Theodore with the puck on his stick through the neutral zone into the offensive zone and being able to make plays and rely on the offensive instincts. Like I look at that and I think about transition with those guys kind of running the point for the Golden Knights, and I just get giddy about it because we know how good Theodore is in transition. We know how good Petrangelo is in transition, and if you can get on top of teams and use your speed to your advantage, then I think the Golden Knights can do something really exciting and fun night in and night out. Now, that, that said, uh, they were always encouraged to join the rush, uh, the blue line. Uh, so the, that's not a night and day type thing, but it's certainly something that you can incorporate uh, a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm most looking forward to already is, and, and a lot of people love making lines going into a season. Who's going to play with who, and uh, will there be, if there's a departure, who takes that uh, that spot? Well, there's not a lot of departures here. Still waiting to to see uh, Riley Smith's situation uh, and and how that develops uh, heading towards a free agency. But this is a coach that, for the longest time, had one of the top lines in the National Hockey League in Brad Marchand. Patrice Bergeron uh, up front and David Pasternak. They were the perfection. Do you go in that direction? Do you load up like you uh, were calling for uh, with Jack Eichel and uh, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone? Or do you do what... uh, Never. Never was uh, I asking for that. Do what uh, uh, the... Boston Bruins did in the second half of this year and go with a more balanced top six. Uh, that will be something very fascinating to, to watch as we get into training camp. Yeah, um, I I was advocating to, to keep Jack Eichel and, and Mark Stone on separate lines just because I feel like you have the opportunity to build two really strong lines as opposed to just loading up on one. I'm never... Uh, one to just load up because I feel like it presents opportunities for teams to take advantage of you in the playoffs when you just have to focus on shutting one entity down over multiple lines that you can roll over. That being said, um, you know the 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 obvious decision here is going to come down to what's available to Bruce Cassidy when he has his roster going into training camp and and who's going to be around for the Vegas Golden Knights like. If if you lose a little bit of depth because you're unable to re-sign players or because you have to move salary out, then I think it kind of changes the equation for me going into training camp. But you know, as it stands right now, I I just want to see Jack Eichel as as the driver of a line that's going to be offensively minded. I want to see where William Carlson lands if he's going to be uh, kind of a shutdown type of of center that you you can rely on. I want to see if you're going to try old chemistry with, say, Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone, or if you go and load up with with Pacioretty and Stone and you put Eichel between them and you say this line is going to be the difference maker and the best line in hockey. I'm very curious to see all of that. You look at the progression uh, of the organization and the maturing uh, of the organization from year number one uh, to now going into uh, year number six, uh, we've uh, we've got the third head coach 
uh, and it's a different head coach. And certainly, uh, I think the differences between the first head coach in Gerard Gallant and Butch Cassidy are are very big. Uh, but it all it's almost like there's been uh, a progression like linear uh, between Gerard to Pete to to Butch, where you're getting closer to that other side. Yeah, I, I think so. I, you know, it it it'll be interesting to to see how the players kind of respond to all of this. And you know, there's so much kind of change between the the Gerard Gallant Vegas Golden Knights to where we are now with this iteration. That I, you know, I look at it, and to me, the the idea of using this long extended off season as kind of a line of delineation of, of this is what the Golden Knights used to be. This is a new step, a, a different move forward um, in this direction. I, I think that that's an interesting way of, of kind of looking at it, and I think that this is a, a very clear shift for the organization moving forward. One thing I will state emphatically is this is an announcement today by the Vegas Golden Knights to hire Bruce Cassidy as the head coach that gets the attention of the players. This isn't one where we go, who did we get? Oh yeah, I wonder what he's like. Or yeah, I've heard I've heard mm-hmm. some good things about uh, him. He coached uh, in place B in place X. No, this this one, everybody n- knows and is is acknowledging it and is talking about it today. Oh yeah, for sure, and and I think that you know you you recognize this if you're a player that that it's going to be challenging, yes. right? Like you recognize that you're going to be pushed, but the expectations in front of the Golden Knights, it's not to be pretty good, it's not to be you know in the playoffs, it's not to be a team that that you know fizzles out in the first or second round. The expectation is this is the year we go for a Stanley Cup, and you recognize the reasons why the Golden Knights were unable to make the playoffs this season. But next year, with Bruce Cassidy at the helm, you know that that expectation, regardless of circumstance, has to at least start with making the playoffs. Do you put any uh, emphasis or importance on being the first team to announce the coach? I just I think that, to, to a degree, sure, but I think that it's more, this was the guy. Right, like it became very apparent that as soon as Bruce Cassidy was on the market, that was the most logical fit for the Golden Knights, and I don't think that Vegas wasted any time in in identifying that, addressing that, and going out and getting their guy. What I've uh, loved about Bruce Cassidy and uh, done uh, a little bit of research uh, over the last few days, uh, if they decided to go down this path, I've researched all, all, all the candidates. And one thing that kept uh, coming up uh, in different quotes uh, with Bruce has been that, uh, that he loves learning along the way. You, you heard that uh, with Fluto earlier, like he, he's mm-hmm. an information uh, devourer. Uh, whether it's video or or uh, different analytics or different uh, ways to to go, but he's always trying to learn. And when he moved on from Boston, he said, "I'm going to to learn. I'm going to address some of the things that that I need to work on, and and hopefully be better." I love hearing that from people. Yeah, I mean, it's all about growing, and and you know, 
you but are, not everybody does always, not not everybody I, puts I, the same importance in growing you're you're right but usually the people that are very successful at what they do they do like it doesn't surprise me that that Bruce Cassidy continued to win hockey games. It doesn't surprise me that he's been fantastic for the Boston Bruins. It doesn't surprise me that they've made the playoffs six years in a row because when you're committed to growing, when you're committed to learning, when you're committed to being better tomorrow than you were today, you tend to stand out in an industry full of people. You just do. You don't become one of the best, if not the, the best coach available on the market by stagnating you just don't but there have been uh, numerous examples of people who thought they were at the top and don't uh, don't open themselves up or, or openly acknowledge uh, that part uh, of, of your profession coaching or uh, computer so whatever uh, you, you put into it uh, he, you know, he was the coach of the year the season after they went to the final which is, I think is also uh, a, a great piece of positive news. They got within one win of the Stanley Cup championship. Uh, that, that'll be a fun conversation, Petrangelo and, uh, uh, and and Bruce Cassidy, the first time that uh, that they hang out because uh, they were on opposite sides of that, that matchup. Uh, but he, he rebounded, and they won. Uh, he won Coach of the Year. Uh, the year after where there could have been uh, a little bit of a sag. So I think that's impressive. Yeah, I think you're right, Darren. It, it certainly is impressive. Uh, th- is that the year that they ended up winning the president's trophy yeah. as well? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously a, a, a hungry group of guys, a coach who who finds ways to win games, uh, coming off a, a disappointing end to their previous season. I like the marriage. I mean, it, it, it certainly listening to Fluto. It sounds like he's a guy who who's certainly going to come in here and have a full cupboard, and and he's going to know mm-hmm. what to do with that full cupboard. And I think that's really important. I'm 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 really enjoying the idea of Petrangelo jumping up in the rush. And and when I hear that, my my ears perk up because obviously Petrangelo is a guy that we all know how much offensive skill he has. So so him and and Theodore jumping up in the rush is going to be really really fun to watch. Ryan. I, I missed your I missed your question to Chapman there and mainly I was reconnecting so throw it to me one more time. Uh, just uh, just talking about uh, being the the big coach uh, on the uh, on the market uh, coming in here and and having his uh, say on uh, on things and having a presence on being able to uh, message that in a way that uh, that is both with a with a track record with a resume but also uh, also learning from his past mistakes and being able to uh, address that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, we we kind of chatted about it, but I, I think that when you're when you're able to get better and you know try to to learn in different ways and try to bring messaging the, to to where it needs to be, like you know, you've talked about it a couple of times here that this is a a move where you know everyone understands what is is on the line here, like the Golden Knights, the players in that locker room, this team going into next season, they know what the expectations are going to be now that Bruce Cassidy is their coach. They know they're going to be pushed. And if you're Bruce, you've you've got a lot to prove to the world that, that you are a guy that can do it with 
with a new team with a different roster that's every bit as talented as Boston. I'd even argue maybe a more talented than Boston. Uh, but ultimately, it, it it's it's the same goal for everybody. Bruce Cassidy wants to win a Stanley Cup. The Vegas Golden Knights want to win a Stanley Cup. It's something that neither faction has been able to do yet at the NHL level. And so everyone's going to be going to have to be pulling on that rope. And that's going to start with the coach getting in here to this club, to this organization, and laying the groundwork for what they need to do to be successful next year. Uh, the VGK Insider Show will uh, chat uh, with Bruce Cassidy. Looking forward to that uh, connection uh, later on this week. He will be introduced uh, to the media and the fan base on Thursday uh, when he arrives in Vegas. So a lot to come uh, regarding the hiring of Bruce Cassidy. We're going to take a break when we continue. A news notes from around the National Hockey League. Some uh, stuff bubbling to the surface. Uh, one-timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Vegas Golden Knights uh, hiring Bruce Cassidy this afternoon and naming him as the third coach in franchise history. Bruce will uh, fly over to Vegas and be introduced to the media on Thursday morning. We will have full coverage uh, here over the next couple of days. Uh, the new guy in town on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, other news taking place. It's the Stanley Cup Final tomorrow night. Uh, a lot of dissection has taken place of the Carolina or the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Has anything swayed your opinion? As we wait for this championship series, Ryan? Uh, no, not really. Um, I I have a I have a real like line drawn in the sand decision to make here, Darren, because I, I said a couple series ago that I was not going to bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then I, you know, kind of defied my own logic there and bet against them against the Rangers, and that was stupid. So I'm really having a hard time with who I'm picking in this series, but um, I'm having a hard time kind of coming around to an idea of betting against the Lightning again. I just don't think that it works. It's not a good or wise decision for me to make. Braden Point could play in game one. We got to see Point set. I don't think anything is guaranteed, but it's fun to be out there with the team again. I think he plays. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, is Braden Point going to be 100%? Likely not, but you get Braden Point back in the lineup, you are an infinitely deeper team, and Tampa was phenomenal without Braden Point in the lineup. And I guess that kind of speaks to the bigger, the bigger, you know, talking point of it doesn't really matter who is in or out for Tampa. It doesn't really matter what obstacles they face this is a team that just kind of overcomes that adversity when they need to in the in the playoffs so um, if Braden Point plays that's a big boon for Tampa but it doesn't sway me in any direction because with or without Braden Point this team's capable of winning gamesmanship or undecided how do you explain the Colorado Avalanche not naming a starting goalie I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's more undecided than gamesmanship. Like, I think it's a legitimate decision that needs to be made here. Now, if it were me, 
and we talked about it yesterday, it's Darcy Kemper all day long. I don't think Pablo Francois was particularly good in Game 4 against the Edmonton Oilers, which I just rewatched again today. Um, but he is 6-0 and as a starter in these playoffs, so it's hard to really kind of sneeze at those numbers. So I would go with Darcy Kemper, but I do believe right now um, it's not so much gamesmanship as it is maybe undecided or, you know, trying to come up with a reason to talk yourself out of one. I don't know. It's weird. I don't I don't get it. I don't get I don't get going into a Stanley Cup final with two goaltenders and not naming a starter yet. I just don't get it. Uh, I think it's to keep away from the pre-scout so you don't know, you can't zero in on it, especially two goaltenders who are as different as Kemper and Francis. So uh, that's the way I think it is. Uh, who has a better impact on the final, bigger impact on the final? Is it Kale McCarr? Or is it Victor Hedman? <laughs> Dang it. You're coming with all the really difficult questions. I feel like I'm back on the press box with Tyler. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Um, I, I think it's Kale McCarr. Uh, I think he's the best defenseman in the game. And I know how good Victor Hedman is. But Kale McCarr is electric. He was phenomenal. He's been just outstanding in these playoffs. And I don't think it's going to change in the Stanley Cup final. Uh so ends early, ends late, and who wins? Give us your bold <sighs> prediction. <sighs> All right. This sucks. Um, I don't think it's going wow. to, to be a quick series. I really don't. I, I think we're going six or seven games. I, I don't want to say that I'm committing one way or another, but I guess I'll do it anyway. It's going to go seven. And it's going to be the Colorado Avalanche destroying everyone's hopes and dreams of seeing a three-peat. Colorado is going to find a way to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay's series streak ends at 11, and their quest for a three-peat ends one game short. Tampa Bay starts on the road in all four series. They're the two-time defending <coughs> champions. Uh, that's the strange yeah, part of it. Uh, we got uh, some other league news to, to talk about. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers were a, a hot-button topic uh, yesterday. Uh, a lot of talk uh, about uh, what they're going to do uh, with Duncan Keith or what Duncan Keith is, is going to do. Uh, some yep. real implications regarding Duncan Keith and if he retires. Because there's with him, there's cap recapture, like you're penalized mm -hmm. because he's uh, over 35. Uh, yep. th that's something that weighs heavily on these teams. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like I, I, I feel like Duncan Keith will probably come back and play next season, but um, it just under it, like it underpins the idea that you just shouldn't have made that trade in the first place. Like, why? 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 I, you, I, yeah, you still don't. I like don't get it. it. I no, I don't. Like, what did what did what did it do for Edmonton? Got him into the third round so they can get swept. Like, Duncan Keith wasn't good. What did here's, it do for him? Here's the thing about the Duncan Keith. If he retires, mm -hmm. do you know who gets hit harder? The Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago. 
because yeah. of the cap recapture rules. That's the really uh, fascinating part about it. Uh, Edmonton uh, uh, doesn't get uh, isn't nearly as punished uh, because they didn't sign Duncan Keith to that contract, and it's sure. Duncan Keith that's uh, retiring. So uh, that's the uh, the fascinating part uh, about the uh, the cap recapture. Uh, same with uh, uh, Roberto Longo when when he went through that uh, whole situation. It's part of the sort of subliminal uh, aspects uh-huh. of the of the salary cap. I mean, we all understand that long-term injured reserve exists, and there's a myriad of reasons why a player might not be able to play next season if they had to go on LTIR. So I'm not saying circumvent the cap. All I'm saying is maybe Duncan Keith can't play next year and mm-hmm. – isn't an LTIR all season. That's right. all I'm saying. Chicago Blackhawks would support that if Duncan Keith does not uh, <laughs> come back. Uh, some some speculation yeah. that John Gibson is not happy in Anaheim and has told <laughs> the Ducks that he would uh, accept a trade. It, it hasn't got to the reporting of John Gibson asking for a trade by any means. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to get the, uh, the feeling of that, but that he be yep. open to the idea of being traded that has been uh-huh. met by his agent kurt overhart who's saying no discussion on gibson's desire to be moved has been made and there's no truth to it what do you believe i mean if i'm john gibson i want to be traded i don't want to be an anaheim duck anymore like i I'm sorry, I'm 28 years old, I'm not getting any younger, I'd like to try to win, trade me. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know why you, you would even deny it. I would frankly go, want a trade, accept a trade, go to a team, and see if you can be a good goalie on a good team. So here's the interesting part about that is... Whether you're talking uh, Jake DeBrusque or Vladimir Tarasenko, agents are not shy about letting that or getting that out there. So for Kurt Overhart to come back and emphatically squash it is contrary to what we've witnessed lately from players who would like to be moved. Yeah, I again, I, I mean, maybe... Maybe John Gibson doesn't want to leave. Maybe he likes where his stuff is. Like it's, it's hard to argue that there are you know more palatable places to live than Orange County. Like that's it's, it's a great spot, right? But I think that at some point, you, you, the desire to win kind of outweighs or should outweigh being comfortable in your situation. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my read on it is is not the correct one. Maybe John Gibson believes that Anaheim's a year or two away from turning it around. Maybe he believes that this team can do something like what the Kings did this season and and make the playoffs, and maybe he genuinely doesn't want to leave Southern California. But if it were me, and I knew that my seasons in the league were limited, get me out to a contender. Which team would be the obvious choice? Oh, come on. I... I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think that it would, it would be the Edmonton Oilers. Like I, I just, 
you have Connor McDavid in his prime. You have Leon Dreisaitl in his prime. And I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination, but they should be in the playoffs next year, and they need a goaltender because Mike Smith and Stuart Skinner, that isn't the tandem that's going to get you anywhere. And I don't know that John Gibson in the playoffs is going to be any better than what you're getting out of Mike Smith, but the fact of the matter is you got to try something different. You can't keep banging your head against the same wall expecting something to change. Did you have a good birthday? I mean, it's not over yet. It's been, it's been good so far. Yeah? Yeah. Have you done anything for yourself? Like these birthdays? Yeah. Have you, have you really uh, soaked in some some love for, for your own body, mind, and soul? I worked out in the morning. Um, my kids woke me up early and gave me my presents, which were pretty cool. You have to open that uh, right away. The kids, the kids, there's no leeway there. You have to open it on the spot. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I walked out of the bedroom and on the table there was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle bag with a couple of goodies in it. Then um, Mrs. Wallace got a couple of things for the home gym, which was nice. And then we went to the park, hung out, had a little picnic at the park oh. earlier today. And now I'm spending my two hours with you that I'm contractually obligated to spend. Chapman, what would you have brought to the picnic? Definitely not oh potato salad. Um, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, I like uh, bringing some beers, cervezas to the picnic. Never a bad choice, mm-hmm. buddy. No, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe some job. Coronas or uh, Tecates. What's the one thing you can't do without at a picnic? Food wise, food wise, not no. not beers. I'm I'm if I uh, go to a, if, if there's no hamburgers, I'm out. Yeah. Like, if someone invites me over for, yeah. like, a 4th of July barbecue and there's no burgers. Like, I'm not a big grilled hot dog guy. I prefer them boiled or, or steamed. I go mm, potato chips. No. Yeah. Yeah, see, Darren's on to something. Chapman, I think you're a little confused. Like, we're not talking about barbecue. We're talking about picnics. Picnics yeah, but, are but very different than barbecues. You've got food, um, like, like burgers and stuff with logistically, those. Logistically... No, no, but it's like logistically impossible to get a fresh burger at a picnic because you gotta cook all your food and then you've gotta load it up into a bag and then you've gotta transport yourself to the place where you're having the picnic. See, Sometimes I think I think about the parks, the parks eh, here in town that have really, the grills. No, it's you know, a, pic- it's a picnic, really, Chapman. That's that's not a picnic though. That's a, that's a that's a barbecue. That's that you're grilling out. It's it's different things, like. Picnic baskets to me. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it, you you put your food in a picnic basket. Like, hey Chapman, let's go cheese, for a picnic basket. Wine and cheese. Yeah, no, yeah. By, by the way, I found out doing? last week that Yogi Bear mm-hmm. did not exist in Japan when my wife was growing up because it's on oh. HBO Max. And I was slipping through one day and and I stopped on it. I was like, Oh, have you ever seen this? And she's like, I don't know. And I played it. She's like, I have no idea what this is. So. No Yogi Bear in Japan when, when she was a kid. It might be there now, but when she was growing up. So she had no idea about Ranger Smith and Boo Boo and the picnic basket. When you said and at the end there, I'm like, there's only three characters yeah. in it. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the fourth character? The picnic basket. Yeah, that, that's sure. it. Oh, picnic uh, basket. Me. Uh, those are one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. We'll catch up with Chapman, see if he uh, can fully 
dissect uh, the answer properly, uh, if we can get down to that, on what you would take to a picnic on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I did something today, and it may come as a pleasant surprise to both of you, but I went and got fitted for skates today, and I'm going to go buy a pair of skates this weekend, assuming that the ones I'm looking for are available at one of the stores. Nice. Yeah. How'd that feel? It was, uh, you know, it was it was weird because I'd never put hockey skates on before. I'd only worn the skates that, they, that you could rent at, like, the, the, the rink. And I, I was surprised at the fact that the skates that you, you wear are smaller in size than your shoe. Like, I, yes. I, I did not know that because I wear size 11. We told you that. Well, to actually put it on and, and, and feel yeah. it, it's, it's very different. And I was actually surprised at how loose they were around the, the ankle. Doesn't trust us. No. Doesn't well, trust us at all. Listen, I went yeah, to the professional. I, 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 I stopped uh-huh. at CNA. After I dropped my kid home, yep. went in and got got fitted, and guy told me, "Look, you were size nine. That that's probably where you'd want to go." There was a little bit of room, but not too much. So I I, I found a, a couple decent pairs of skates, like low price. So I'm gonna. It's just a d- debate on whether or not I want to buy CCM or Bauer because they're they're both uh, within the price range I'm looking for. And oh, uh, do you have a preference? No, like, does no, one jump I, out at you? No, I have no idea. I'm a I'm a big CCM guy. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Darren? What about you, Darren? Uh, I wear last uh, skates. I wear true right now, but uh, last skates yeah. I wore before that were CCM. Okay. Don't mind CCM. Yeah. Uh, you can't, can't go, go wrong. wrong with CCM. No. Uh, e- When's your or. first skate going to be? I don't know. I'm going to buy the pair of skates first, and then I'll I'll, I'll look and see when, when lessons are being offered. Um, as of right now, the, they're apparently at City National, the, the lessons for the, the early summer have already started, so I'm a little late for that, but... Uh, you don't need you don't need lessons. No, no, Kevin. no. I know. I I just gotta look just, at the schedule when when open skate is and, me, and head out there. Yeah, let me know when you're going to open skate. Yeah, I'll skate with you. Okay. I'll bring some of my gear. You can throw it on so that way if you fall, it'll be okay. Okay, I, I like that. I'll let you know. So mm-hmm. I I I I have a, a a plan this weekend. It's a, it's just a matter of making sure that the skates I see are available at the place I see them this weekend and. Uh, because I got to drive out to Henderson, so I don't really, you know, I got I got to plan it. Why wouldn't you trust us when we told you that skates <laughs> fit smaller <laughs> well, than because, your shoes? Because Darren's I mad be, because you you like to goof around a lot. So I don't know when you're being serious and when you're not being serious. So so you tried on an eleven skate? <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. There was a guy that that I talked to at CNA, and he asked me what size shoe I wear. I said I wear size eleven. He said okay. And he found a, a, a box. He said, here, try these nines. And I said, nine? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. Did you tell him I was already told that? No, of course not. I would never never give you props unless I absolutely need to. So. I told you that. I would. Well, okay, you did too. But yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't say, oh, someone else told me that. I, I just, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going to hopefully by the end of the weekend when we do the show Monday, Hopefully, I will be able to come on and say I have a pair of skates now. Get them sharpened. Yeah. The guy told me they'll do it at City <laughs> National. He said they'll sharpen them and they'll bake them for me. No, I, I know people who have bought skates 
forgot <laughs> to get them sharpened, gone out there, and it's like not fun. Oh, no, boy. ice is slippery. Yes, yes, day. it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, new head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, plenty more on that tomorrow. Working away to the introduction on Thursday.